Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 16 of Have You Seen That With T? It is your host, I am your boy T, and it is finally upon us. It is April 1st, April Fool's Day, Um, and today I went and saw Morbius. So I've been waiting almost since the beginning of this podcast. I've been waiting for Morbius to come out. The first podcast was um, Spider-Man No Way Home. That was the big release. That was the launch of the podcast. And uh, at the end of it, I remember, you know, ranking all the superhero movies and talking about all of the superhero movies that were coming out in 2022. And Morbius was supposed to lead off the year. In January, uh, with the release date, I think it was January 20th, it was supposed to originally be released. Um, And then it got pushed back, and then the Batman came and really ruined it for a lot of the superhero movies going into 2022. I know we have Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness coming up, but the Batman was so awesome. It really ruins it for a lot of uh, superhero movies going forward uh, because it's really, it was just such a niche and noir type film um everything else coming behind it is is just you know kind of like spider-man no way home kind of you know set the bar really high and then batman just took that bar kind of went under it and uh you know sashayed to the side and created its own lane which led us to today morbius got pushed back from january to april and of course you know a lot of the dc movies uh, got pushed back and i'll talk a little bit about that later um but Today was Morbius, and I went into this movie with perhaps the lowest expectations you can have um, going into a movie because I really thought it was going to be bad. Uh, I expected just, you know, putrid uh, writing, uh, terrible acting, and, you know, just a, a crappy looking movie. And what I got was none of that. In all honesty, it was it was a you know paint by numbers uh, origin story of a villain, but he really wasn't a villain. You know, he's a vampire. He's afflicted with the you know lust for blood, but at no point in this movie you know is he a villain. Yes, he has uncontrollable urges, but Michael Morbius, for all intents and purposes, is just a you know just a guy trying to you know beat a disease and he goes to the extreme to do that and in turn you know turns himself into morbius the living vampire which he's known as in the comics um so we get jared leto in this role as mark michael morbius we get a backstory of him you know living in a uh you know i wouldn't say an orphanage but he's in like a, a you know, a home for the sick. And he befriends a young man named Lucian, who for some reason everybody calls him Milo, which is really weird. It's a really weird, um, just, you know, he starts calling the kid Milo because every kid that comes there and dies is Milo. Yet the doctor who's supposed to be taking care of him calls him Milo as well, which is really, which becomes even more weird. Um, but he befriends this kid and they both have this rare blood disease in which they need blood transfusion every day. 
Um, you know, they don't have all of their motor skills and their life expectancy is very low. Yet these two, you know, Morbius becomes a Pulitzer or Nobel Prize winning, you know, doctor uh, because he creates artificial blood to, you know, treat soldiers, you know, uh, and, and people who are wounded and who need blood. And he creates this artificial blood and, you know, for himself and in it. And, you know, efforts to cure his disease, I'm sure that's where they came up with the artificial blood, and that's how he gets his transfusions every day. Um, but they, you know, pan forward, he goes into a cave and, and you know, in Central America, and he gets surrounded by bats, and then he realizes that the bats, you know, glands they they like help regenerate the bats you know through drinking blood and you know it creates a serum to to you know become a vampire in essence um his partner it's two of them trying to combat like i, I find that funny in these movies uh he works in this high-rise building um can't remember the name of the company uh, the company's funded by his childhood friend who had that disease, who's who's somehow become a multimillionaire or billionaire. Um, and it's only two of them. It's Michael Morbius and his doctor friend, <laughs> like uh, Dr. Bancroft, um, who's played by a gorgeous actress who I don't know her name. I'm not about to look it up, but... Uh, you know, she's a beautiful young lady, but it's only two of them trying to figure out, you know, the cure for this disease. He just won a Nobel Prize. They don't have really much of a team. It's them and a nurse. Um, and I just found that to be odd. But I mean, I guess it is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm not a geneticist. I'm not a doctor. So I don't know how their teams work. But I just kind of figured it'd be more than two of them, uh, especially with the, the funds that they have. And, and the lab that they have is like this gorgeous state-of-the-art, you know, huge lab inside of this high-rise building in New York, which definitely has to cost a lot of money. Um, so, you know, fast forward, they, they go out into the middle of the ocean uh, to do this highly unethical and illegal procedure to get, you know, to give... Dr. Morbius, this serum, and he turns into the vampire. And then from that point, the movie goes downhill. Like, a after that, everything about this movie, like, up until the point where he becomes the vampire, it's a solid story, solid writing, you know, solid acting. It's They're not doing too much. And then when he becomes the vampire, it just goes off the rails because at that point, I don't care. Like, at that point, I, I have no vested interest in any human life in this movie because it doesn't make any sense. So, Morbius, the character, I don't know what comic book fans was pushing for this movie to be made. When Blade was made, Blade was a B character, right? Blade was just this, like, I'd never heard of Blade until, you know, Wesley Snipes was cast in this movie. And... I remember only going to that movie because Wesley Snipes. Like, I'd, I had no clue that Blade was going to be a good movie. Um, 
going into Morbius, same thing with Iron Man. I've never, I was never an Iron Man fan, but like, it's a guy who puts on a suit, like a suit of armor, and he flies around. Like, that has to be cool if done right, right? Um, so Morbius becomes a vampire. He has these powers, and I could care less about it because my my only question as I was watching the movie is, what's the payoff? He becomes a vampire. His other friend, like I already pegged that that was going to happen. His friend finds out that he's, you know, not uh, paraplegic for, for, you know, he can walk. He has his normal function and he's gotten buff, you know, after becoming a vampire. And of course, his friend wants some of it. So he takes the serum, too. But his friend is edgy. So, you know, his friend doesn't care about life and Morbius does. Once again, how does this make him a villain? Is he a hero? Is he a villain? Like this whole anti-hero kick that Sony's on, trying to, to figure themselves out is not the route to go. Um, you know, every character is not the Joker. I didn't think the Joker was a good movie, you know, per se. But it was a lot better than Morbius because you cared about the Joker. Like you wanted to see... The origin story of the Joker, even though it wasn't a good one to me, I wanted to see the origin story of the Joker. And Arthur Fleck was like a conflicted character. And once again, up until the point where he became the Joker, I was invested. Like once he puts on the, the face paint, you know, once he becomes the Joker, I'm not honestly, I don't care anymore. Um, I'm invested. If you're going to do an origin story, then do the origin story. And then at the very end, he becomes the vampire because it was it was somewhat compelling up until that point. Uh, once he becomes, you know, a vampire in this movie, it flies off the hinges because none of what's happening really makes any sense. It gets extreme really fast. You know, his friend becomes a vampire as well, and he doesn't care. And he's just going around killing people. And, and you know, Morbius has issue, takes issue with that. And, of course, therein lies the conflict. Um, you know, I won't give away the ending, um, but the end happens. Uh, you know, the bad guy, I guess, wins because <laughs> Morbius is supposed to be a villain or anti-hero, whatever you want to call it. And it just it it just didn't work for me. It set itself up um, for a sequel, and then comes the post credit scenes. Whew. Let me take a deep breath. These post credit scenes were ridiculous, and I'm doing my best not to spoil it. And it's really hard. And they already posted the post credit scenes online, um, for what I hear. Uh, so. Um, it might tie into Doctor Strange in the multi in the multiverse of madness, but it can't. Um, yeah, it it just it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, it was two post credit scenes, and the first one didn't make any sense, and then the second one made less sense than the first one, and that was Morbius. And as I left the movie theater, I'm thinking to myself, how do I rank this in the pantheon of terrible movies, uh, superhero movies? And and in all honesty, I can't. Um, it's not as bad as, you know, a lot of the terrible superhero movies because there's so much more wrong with those other movies. 
it just serves no purpose other than to make money. And I get it, but like, it's just a story that did not need to be told. It's a story that I did not care for to, to, to watch, but I do it because I, I wanted to, you know, review it. I wanted, I'm, I'm a movie reviewer, especially of pop culture, pop phenomenon movies. Um, and a lot of the superhero movies fall into that, into that category. Um, but yeah, Morbius, it just, it wasn't that great. Tyrese was ridiculous in this movie. Like every scene he was in just, I used to like Tyrese. I don't know what happened, but he, terrible. His partner in the movie was, was trying to be funny, but he just wasn't like, he wasn't like a, a, a likable character. The only, the only saving grace of this movie to me was Dr. Bancroft. One day, I'm going to look that actress's name up. She was, every scene she was in, she gave it a little bit of heart, uh, but she was just fine. She she looked, she was a fine, a man, she was gorgeous. Um, and, and that kept me intrigued. Uh, but she actually did, you know, give some uh, uh, validity to the movie. Um, she wasn't just a damsel in distress. You know, she was for all, for better, you know, all intents and purposes, his partner. Um, and the end didn't do her any justice. Uh, and it kind of upset me at the end. It was, it was, the ending was not a good end to the movie. Um, yeah, it, it just like, it, it just, once he became a vampire, everything just went off the, off the hinges. And it just turned out to be really bad. Um, which leads me to uh, the rest of the DC slate for the year. I know they pushed back all of the movies. We still got Aquaman 2 and The Lost Kingdom. Um, we still have Black Adam. We still have The Flash coming next year. Um, and I'm missing one. I'm missing one. We got The Flash. We got Black Adam. We got Aquaman. Oh, I think that's it. Yeah, that was it because the Batman came out already. Yeah, so we have those three movies coming out. And, you know, every uh, those movies got pushed back. Um, the Black Adam, the jury's still out. They're bringing out the JSA. And I'm not a big fan of the golden age of, of superheroes. Like, I don't want to see World War II heroes. Hawkman, Hawk Girl, like they've never, never been cool characters. You know, they did them on, you know, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, and they were perhaps the worst characters in that show. Um, uh, we got Dr. Fate, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, don't know what he's going to bring to it. I, I just, there's a lot of uncertainty with this movie because, once again, it's another anti hero. And it, you're supposed to make me care. Now, Shazam was great. Okay, Shazam, that's the other one. Shazam is coming out as well. Shazam was great. Shazam was a good movie. Once again, they're trying to strike water. Like, you got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, so I think that, that that movie, of course, the movie's going to sell because Dwayne, you know, The Rock sells. Uh, he sells movies. He sells tickets. People want to go see him. Um, but I just don't think this is like... I don't think the Black Adam is it. 
and and he doesn't do bad movies too often. You know, he did Rampage, San Andreas. You know, he, he's done a few clunkers, but I think the Black Adam is going to be a good movie. But my question is, why do I care? Why did I care about Shazam? Shazam was a great family movie. Like it was a movie about family. Uh, it, it was, you know, not not necessarily for the kids, but it was a fa- like it was about family. Uh, unity, tightness, and and it was a it was a feel good movie. The Flash is going to be terrible. <laughs> like I, I don't Ezra Miller, uh, he's gotten in some trouble uh, over the last few weeks. Um, I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think he's a good Flash. He wasn't good in the Justice League. He wasn't good in Batman versus Superman, and like quarter of a scene he was in like he is just not the guy to to carry the baton like i do not care about that character with him in the suit um you know uh grant gustin you know i i I would much rather see him on the big screen as the flash uh because i you know there's some equity in grant gustin he's proven himself to be a great flash but ezra miller um Karen Clemens as Iris West, like the once the probably one of the most cringeworthy scenes in in the director's uh, director's cut of of Justice League was the scenes with those two. Um, it, it was just terrible. It, it man, and they're doing Flashpoint. Michael Keaton is a G. Uh, Michael Keaton. Is is one of one of my favorites. He is he has just redefined himself uh, for decades, and, and every decade he comes out and just bangs out a, a you know tremendous role. And and I just think this is this is a bridge too far. He's gonna come back for the Batgirl series on HBO Max, um, but I, I just think this Flash movie is not gonna be good. Aquaman is gonna be what. You know, Jason Momoa is going to be Jason Momoa. He's going to not wear a shirt a lot of times. Uh, he's going to say, ooh, you know, a whole bunch of times. So he's going to do like a primordial yell a bunch. Uh, Amber Heard is going to be Amber Heard. She looks good, but she's crazy. I'm really surprised they brought her back for Aquaman 2. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't really have much faith in what they're doing you know and we and then of course on the marvel side we got dr strange and nobody has heard anything about the uh thor love and thunder i think that they're waiting for dr strange to drop for them to finally drop a trailer for thor love and thunder uh the movie's been done for a while now um but they have not like i don't know what they're I mean, I hope this is not a, another Thor Dark World. Um, you know, every every movie can't be Ragnarok. Every every Thor movie can't be a fun, you know, exciting, uh, you know, romp of a time. Um, so I, I don't know where they're going with this. I'm not a big fan of Natalie Portman. Um, coming back, I didn't think she was that great as Jane in the, in the first movie. Definitely not the second movie. Um, so... I don't know. I, I don't. I really, really don't know where they're going. The only for sure thing is that Doctor Strange is going to be a banger. Like that's really the only for sure. We got the Batman that knocked it out of the park, and I think Doctor Strange is going to do the exact same thing. 
Um, but other than that, like the rest of that, you know, the rest of the superhero slate for the rest of this year and next year is really up in limbo, you know. Um, but what's not in limbo is the Moon Knight. Holy crap, I just watched episode one this morning, and that was that I mean, I don't usually talk about shows on this on this uh podcast, but I felt the need to talk about Moon Knight. That's how you do it right. Boy, that's how you do it right. That was fan. Episode one was fantastic. I'd read, you know, everybody was posting about it today, but I was blown away. I'm not going to lie. I, was, I wasn't I was looking forward to the show, honestly. Um, but they really, like, Oscar Isaac is, is, is that guy um, in this show. He really, he's doing a lot. Um, with with so little, um, and you know, uh, Ethan Hawke. I don't know where they're going with this character, but you know, he 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 seems to have he he seems to have it all figured out for this role. And I don't even know who it is, honestly. I have no idea who that villain is. I, I'm not a Moon Knight guy. I thought the artwork on the Moon Knight was really fantastic back in the day, but I I can't say I've ever remember i've had moon knight comics but i don't remember any story arcs i don't remember anything special about it other than it looked really cool like all of the covers of moon knight always look really cool the suit was cool um but yeah uh i mean the show seems it started off on the right foot and hopefully it continues to go uh in in a good direction but this podcast is about to go in a bad direction because we're going back to my list. I didn't have, I don't think I had a list last week. Nope, I didn't have a list of, you know, Oscar snubs or anything like that. But this week I got a list of my worst, my least favorite superhero movies. I've given my, my you know, top 10 favorites, but I'm going to give my list. You know, my bottom 10 of least favorite superhero movies. And I'm going to start off with the honorable mentions. And I, I don't want to go back, you know, to the 80s or, or mid early 90s because I, I think that's not fair for those movies. They were, you know, it, just different time, movie going times, you know. So I'm not going to, you know, uh, slam Superman 4, Quest for Peace. You know, I remember seeing that in the theater. And being so disappointed, like the nuclear man looked cool in the commercials and he was like the worst uh, supervillain ever. Um, you know, Lex Luthor was back. I think he had hair in part four. It was just ridiculous. Um, Supergirl, that was one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen back in the day. I remember trying to watch Supergirl so many times because one, I thought Helen Shaver was wasn't attractive. Like she looked good being Supergirl, but the movie just never made any sense to me. And I never remember watching that movie all the way through. Like either I would fall asleep or I would just lose interest and I would just like I never remember watching. I know I have on a few occasions watched it all the way through. But I can't remember the entirety of the movie because it just it was so clunky and not well put together. It just it was poorly edited. It was just a bad movie. It was a bad affair. 
I'm not going to dunk on Catwoman. It didn't deserve to be made. You know, everybody just wants to see Halle Berry in a cat suit. Electra, another terrible, you know, uh, Daredevil, Ben Affleck, not a good movie. Still, we're not, we're just going to leave all Shaq movies out of it, you know. Kazam, is that, was that the name of that, the rapping genie? Um, and then Bloodshot, oh my God. I had a, I had really high hopes for Bloodshot, you know, Vin Diesel coming off the Fast and the Furious. Um I enjoyed those the, those series of movies, and I thought he had re- reinvigorated his career. And then he makes Bloodshot, and it was just not good. Like it started off with a, a great premise, you know, but just poor execution. Every like the, the movie looked dirty, like it looked like it had this muted like. Uh, red, like infrared color to it, it just didn't do it for me. Uh, and I kind of equate that with the pandemic. That was like the first post pandemic movie. It came out, you know, direct to, to streaming, uh, you know, because people weren't going to the theater. So it, that one gets a, it almost gets a pass, but it doesn't. But uh, we're going to move into our, you know, bottom 10. Um, and start off with the Justice League, not the Zack, not the Zack Snyder cut, because the Zack Snyder cut was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed that, but the original cut of the Justice League, which uh, Joss Whedon came in and uh, ruined it. Um, Cyborg, not a, like I don't even know why he was in the movie. Uh, Superman, they ruined the death of the Superman arc. Like, in that cut of the movie, Superman, like, just didn't make any sense. Uh, Ben Affleck rocked. I thought Ben Affleck, like, I to this day think Ben Ben Affleck is, like, the second best Batman. uh, Right behind Robert Pattinson. Uh, Don't at me. Don't, don't, you know, don't judge me for that. But, like... He just fit the bill, man. He he's he he had both the best of both worlds. He was a good Bruce Wayne and he was a good Batman. Um, as an older Batman, uh, but you know, Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman, Aquaman was Aquaman, uh, but the movie just couldn't get out of its own way. It was trying to do too much with with nothing, uh, and it was just a bad movie. Uh, number nine, the worst MCU movie ever. Uh, the Eternals. Um, the Eternal. Well, no, not no. It's not the worst. I got another one, another MCU movie on this list below it. Uh, but the Eternal was just boring. Like it, it just, and it didn't make any sense. I get it. It's a comic book mer- movie, but it, it needs to. <sighs> there needs to be a justification for these movies to be made, right? When you made the original Captain uh, Captain America. I didn't like it. I don't like war. Like I didn't like the whole World War II uh, aesthetic of it. Um, you know him touring on doing the USO stuff. Uh, but there was a reason why they did that, and it was a setup for what was coming next. And I don't even know if they knew at the time what was coming next, uh, because I think they had more uh, Red Skull, you know, uh, in their bag. I, I, you know, I thought like, you know, in part. 
two or three of Captain America, Red Skull will come back, the big bad guy in the in the two thousands, uh, you know, who who, you know, for all intents and purposes running Hydra, you know, from behind behind the scenes. Uh that didn't happen. But you know, Cap the original Captain America laid the groundwork. Uh this Eternal movie didn't do anything. Like it just it was made at the wrong time. I think if it would if the Eternals had been made, you know, right after the Avengers, that might have made sense. Maybe after the Age of Ultron it might have made a sense, but after Endgame it made no sense. Like it literally made no sense. Um and it just was Gemma Chan, bless her heart, she just, like she stole every scene she was in. Uh, Richard Madden was really good in that movie. Um, uh, everybody else could have not been there, and it would have been fine. Uh, it just it was it wasn't a good movie. Too many characters trying to tie up too many arcs. If it would have been a, like a, a you know Disney Plus series, I could have given it a pass, but. It was just, it was just they were trying to do too much, but everything they were trying to do was boring. Like it, it was a long, dry movie where I wasn't invested in anything that was happening in this movie. Uh, and the ending was a clunker. Like the the big reveal at the end didn't make any sense, and it was just stupid. Didn't like the Eternals. Number eight on the list, Wonder Woman 1984. So the original Wonder Woman was everything that DC wasn't. It was bright. It was funny. It was action-filled. And Gal Gadot just kicked everybody's ass. Like, she was a badass in the original Wonder Woman. Like, I mean, just, it had everything that was missing from, you know, DC movies. It had heart. It had humor. It had spirit. It had like an essence. Like there was an essence to Wonder Woman. You know, when she was on the island, her the you know the Amazonians. They all had an identity, and then they just went and ruined it. Wonder Woman 1984 was one of the and I I was looking forward to the 80s aesthetic of the movie until it started and then i was like i don't want this i don't want the 80s back because the 80s were terrible like looking back on it like the 80s were just horrible but we have the for nostalgic reasons we wanted it you know and uh wonder woman 1984 you had pedro pascal i don't know why he's like the eight guy that everybody thinks that can you know saved like he's like i don't get it but him as maxwell lord it was a it was a terrible villain uh cheetah i thought was like had promise but then like it just she became like a egg ancillary bad guy who just like was there and i think they could have did so much more with her character uh being the big bad instead of maxwell lord and the ending was just te- like it was. It was a bad movie. It, it ruined the Wonder Woman franchise. I don't think they're gonna do another one. Like it really ruined like that. And that was bad because one, the original Wonder Woman was so good, uh, and this one just ruined it. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if they try to get too campy, but then it got too serious. Like I, I'm not exactly sure. 
Uh, but I think they should give it another another go. Um, and hopefully they can rectify it because it, it was bad. It, it was really bad. Number seven, Green Lantern. Everything about this movie was wrong. The villain was wrong. The casting of Ryan Reynolds as, as uh, Hal Jordan was wrong. If he'd been cast as Guy Gardner, I could, I could, I could honestly see that more than him, him being Hal Jordan. That was the worst casting uh, that that I could have seen being Hal Jordan for who Hal Jordan is um, as a character and as a Green Lantern. You know, Ryan Reynolds, you you take away all of his strengths. As you know, being Ryan Reynolds to play this stoic, you know, heroic to a fault character who, like, Hal Jordan is not the cool guy. Hal Jordan is the good guy. Hal Jordan is the Cyclops. He's the Superman of, you know, uh, he's like this, you know, clean cut, you know, America here, American hero. Um, and I just think Ryan Reynolds is the ultimate terrible choice to play that. To play that person uh, And the movie suffered for it It just was a bad movie um, Mark Strong could have done Really could have done a lot more Sinestro um, But they went in, in totally different direction You know trying to set up the sequel Instead of knocking The original out, out the park You know don't like These movies think that you know You can just paint by numbers a movie to set up a sequel and Morbius you know tried that I felt felt like you know you got to knock the first one out man like every you don't get it you don't get a second chance Thor was lucky Thor got three chances to get it right um but you know you don't get a second chance for a lot of these movies especially with the budgets they have if you don't knock that original out you're not gonna get a second one and and you know Wonder Woman eighty four eighty four is might be a casualty of that because she might not get another movie. Number six is Ghost Rider one and two. <laughs> you know, I bet you forgot that those movies existed. You know, the Ghost Rider series, Nick Cage and his last you know big Hollywood role. Uh, even though he has a new movie coming out with Pedro Pascal that looks really good. Tiffany Haddish is in that. Um, that one looks actually pretty good. The unbearable weight of something of massive talent looks really good. Nick Cage is playing himself. It, it, that movie looks like a good time. Um, but Ghost Rider 1 and 2 is not a good time. You know, Ghost Rider got... It was a comic of his time you know it got really big in the 90s because everything was grunge like it had the you know cool guy on a motorcycle with a flaming head like you you don't just equate that to a cool movie you know um and we saw that the original ghost rider wasn't as bad as the second the second one just had no business being made i, I can't honestly remember stomaching the entirety of the second uh, ghost rider film um, but I just know it was bad. Like every time I tried to watch it, I was like, I can't watch it. But I kept trying because I wanted to finish it. And I think I made it through three quarters of the movie and I, was, I just gave up because it was that bad. Um, yeah, just, just <laughs> terrible series. Glad they finished it off. 
Uh, next movie, number five on the list, is The Hulk. The Hulk that starred Eric Bana, the original, the first Hulk movie. Um, one of the most boring movies that I've ever... Ang Lee, the director of Hidden Dragon, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, he had directed another Oscar-winning movie, and they, they pegged him to direct the first Hulk movie. And he wanted to get to the essence of who Bruce Banner was. And what he didn't realize is we don't give a damn who Bruce Banner is. We want to see Hulk smash things. And this movie took about, it was like a two and a half hour movie. And I want to say it took about an hour and a half for the Hulk to actually even evolve. Now, I said early in the movie, if you're going to do an origin story, you know, um, you can do it poorly. And you have to wonder why the hell you're watching this movie. But we all know what we we came to see with the Hulk, right? I remember the old Hulk series, and it was it was visually not cool. Like Lou Ferrigno was painted green, and he would he would always have a torn shirt, and he would beat up the bad guys. Bruce Banner, Bill Bixby, um, would he was a loner. He he would walk to different towns and he would always try to help people and somebody there were always evil people there and somebody would always make him angry by the end of every episode. Uh, you know, halfway through the episode, somebody would make him really angry and he would turn to Hulk and he would just beat people up. That's what I wanted to see on the big screen. I wanted to see, you know, uh, Bruce Banner walking alongside of a road hitchhiking. And I wanted him to get picked up in a car and I want him to go to, to you know, Lubbock, Texas or, or like Midland, Texas, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And an oil baron, I wanted that guy to be the main bad guy and I wanted that guy to upset Bruce Banner. I wanted that guy to be like, you know what? I want you out of my town and I'm going to beat the hell out of you until you get out of here. And, and Bruce Banner would turn to him and say, hey. Don't make me angry. You won't like me when I'm angry. Then he would turn into a big CGI Hulk and he would just smash things. And he would smash oil rigs, all that good stuff. But that didn't happen in this movie. Like there was like this, this Nick Nolte was in this movie as his dad who turned into like a big electrical monster. And they had like big dogs and and it was just boring. I... I I was so excited about this movie. I saw the book come out prior to the movie. They had like a, a adaptation of the movie. And I found the book maybe like two or three weeks before the movie was coming out. And I read the book. And the book was not exciting. And I was like, nah, there's no way this is going to be. Come on, man. Like the book is just a dramatization of it. The book was like, the book was a lot of zen. It was a lot of like thought, thought provoking, you know, introspective ideas that Bruce, that was lying within Bruce Banner's head. And I said, there's no way they're going to make this damn movie. They, it has to be Hulk jumping around, smashing people, smashing tanks. And that didn't happen in this movie. It was boring. It was terrible. Didn't like it. 
the Hulk. The the Incredible Hulk was was a little bit better. They smashed Harlem. Didn't like that. Uh, but the Incredible Hulk was a little bit had the abomination, uh, and that was kind of the kickoff of the MCU. Um, but it, it was a lot faster paced. There was you know Edward Norton was a better Bruce Banner, and it was just a better Hulk movie, even though it was more panned than the original. Because I guess some people enjoyed the boringness of the original Hulk. Number four on my list is Thor: The Dark World, another movie that I can't remember watching the entirety of this movie, and I know I have, but it was terrible. Like everything about Thor: The Dark World was bad. The bad guys in Thor: The Dark World was bad. Uh, the writing was bad. It was dry. It was boring. Natalie Portman was terrible in this movie. And it was just like, it was like you took all of the good things from the original Thor, uh, which was like a Shakespearean, you know, uh, power play between brothers. And you throw that out. And then you inject evil elves in there, the dark elves, elves that nobody gave a damn about. And then you just had a movie that you didn't care about. And that movie happened. Nobody cared about it. It came and it went. It made, probably made a boatload of money, uh, but it just it happened. It was, a, and that was the reason why Ragnarok got made. Thank you, Dark World, because then you forced Marvel to realize that nobody cared about that Kenneth Branagh style of, you know, uh, uh, you know, Asgardian soap opera. They wanted something different, and and Chris Hemsworth, you know, just so happened to be a different type of actor, and they tapped into that with Ragnarok. Uh, number three on this list, oh, it's actually the X Men. Damn near the whole entire X Men franchise. <laughs> so I have on my list, I have X Men: The Last Stand, terrible movie. X Men Origins, Wolverine. Ruined Deadpool, almost. Ruined Ryan Reynolds, almost. Then I have X-Men Apocalypse. Don't know how you can ruin one of the coolest X-Men villains of all time, but they did. Oscar Isaac, ru- like they ruined Apocalypse. Like they, they were, there's no way you can ever put Apocalypse in another movie. They've ruined him as a villain. And then X-Men Dark Phoenix, have no idea how they ruined that so much. It like the X Men movies are bad, and people can at me. People can say whatever. The X Men movies are terrible. X Men First Class, the the original X Men, was serviceable. The second X Men, which a lot of people, th- you know, touted as one of the best superhero movies of all time when it came out, serviceable. Everything after that, other than X Men First Class was terrible days of the future past was okay but x-men first class really was was the best x-men movie and and it was good at best you know and that's saying a lot uh so yeah like origins wolver i remember watching a bootleg version of origins where like they still had the string on like i don't know how this this movie got out but like Everybody wanted to see it. It was like one of... Everybody loves Wolverine for some strange reason. Logan was awesome. Don't get me wrong. 
I don't consider that an X-Men movie. But Logan Logan was awesome. Every other Wolverine movie, terrible. Um, uh, Wolverine as a character, I just didn't get the, the, the Hugh Jackman like bug. Everybody just thought he's the coolest character ever. Yeah, it's easy to be a cool guy when you're surrounded by terrible people in movies like, you know, Halle Berry is Storm, terribly miscast, and like they underutilized her in every single movie she was in. Uh, you know, uh, Famke Jensen, she was pretty good as Jean Grey. Um, James Mad- uh, Madsen, Marston, uh, Cyclops, he, he actually was perfectly cast as Cyclops. Uh, but everybody at Nightcrawler, they could have used him more. You know, Archangel, another one of those 90s heroes that everybody wanted to see on the screen. And he, he was just terrible. Uh, Juggernaut, Magneto, terrible miscasting with Ian McKellen as, as Magneto. Um, you know, they got P- Professor X right, but it, it just bad series. Wolverine, not exactly sure. I mean, everybody loved Wolverine from the cartoons, from, you know, uh, he's one of the most beloved X-Men, uh, but I just never got the Hugh Jackman stuff. Not my, not my cup of tea. So, yeah, that was number three, the whole X-Men franchise, pretty much. <laughs> number two, Fantastic Four. <sighs> Where do I start with the Fantastic Four? So the the first two Fantastic Four were Jessica Alba, you know, Michael Chiklis, you know, and Captain America himself, Chris Evans. And I can't, Ian Gruffold would play, you know, Mr. Fantastic. Serviceable movies. I thought part two was going to lead to, you know, when, when they made Galactus a big cloud, really ruined it for me. But like Silver Surfer was cool. Uh, I thought that they were going to keep making Fantastic Four movies. They didn't. You know, the Rise of Silver Surfer kind of killed that franchise. Um, and they went back to the drawing board. And when they went back to the drawing board, uh, the drawing board was made of, of, of feces or something because they made this movie. And it was just bad. And Michael B. Jordan generally ain't in bad stuff. But this one was terrible. The fantastic Miles Teller. I had a lot of hope because Miles Teller is a great young actor. Uh, Mary Runa, uh, uh, Rooney Mara. Um, and I can't even remember who played the thing. Doesn't matter. He's CGI'd. Uh, but Toby Bell, Kobe Bell uh, played uh, uh, Dr. Doom. And it was just, it was bad. The movie was dark. And it, it was like the Man of Steel. It Man of Steel, Fantastic Four. Uh, and it, that's not where you needed to go with it. Completely the opposite of where, where you should have went with the Fantastic Four. You know, there's all these rumors that Michael Krasinski... Uh, not Michael Krasinski. Uh, the guy from The Office. Can't even think of... Krasinski? I think that's his last name. Ted Krasinski? Who knows? Don't remember his name. Uh, but he played Jack Ryan. He's supposed to he's supposed to be Miss Fantastic and Emily Blunt, uh, his wife, uh, is supposed to to 
you know, play the Invisible Woman. I think that's good casting. Don't really care who plays, you know, the torch or the thing. Um, but you just got to put together a good script. That that's really it. But this was not it. This was this was bad. Fantastic Four was just bad. There was no redeeming qualities to this movie. And you have to say, you know, what's number one if Fantastic Four is number two? <sighs> Venom 1 and 2 are the worst superhero movies, supervillain movies ever made. Venom 2 in particular. Venom 1 happened. It, it was, The villain was bad. Venom was, like, ridiculous. Like, they went the wrong way. Like, they tried the Marvel Venom. Like, make it this, like, quirky... No. The Lethal Protector, man, it, it, they, they should have went, like, the Spawnish way. Like, make it really dark. And I think it would have gotten a lot more legs. And, you know, I remember at the end of part one, and I remember reading the Facebook post, uh, like it came up in my feed as a memory um, after I'd seen Venom 2, and I, and I said that Venom 2 is going to rock because they're going to have uh, Woody Harrelson, and Woody Harrelson don't make bad movies. Boy, was I wrong. That, that was, that, that, you know, post did not age well because Venom 2 was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Not superhero-wise, just period. It was like they just recorded three or four weeks of material and just edited it together in the worst possible way. They were like, man, we're just going to record footage, guys. We just like, there's no really coherent story. Uh, and we just gonna, we're going to edit this stuff however the hell we see fit that day. And like there, there was no coherent script. There was no coherent like timeline for the movie. Like it just made zero sense. They had shriek in it and I didn't understand why. Like, they, like she was just there to cause damage. But then at the same time, like... You know, Carnage is supposed to be like this complete badass, but for some reason, like those two had a falling out that didn't make any sense. Like Carnage and Cletus Cassidy was supposed to be, you know, one, but for some reason at the end they they weren't. And then that gave Venom the opportunity to to like split them and kill them. Like, come on, man. It just it made no sense. It was a terrible movie from all, by all stretch of imagination. And what made it even worse was I was really anticipating this movie being good. I thought Venom 2 was going to right all of the wrongs of Venom 1. It, it was going to have a better villain because that was the big my biggest gripe with Venom. The original Venom was the villain was so... Who cares? I could care less. So I don't even remember the guy's name. I just know he had a symbiote at the end and they fought and nobody cared. It was just, it was a launching point for the sequel. 
right? It was another one of those movies that had more invested in the sequel than it did the original. So I'm thinking they, they're going to up the ante in villain, uh, Venom 2. But at one point in time, he's like drunk in a, in a rave. Like he starts rapping. Like what? What is happening right now? Like Venom leaves him and like gets and goes into other people. And like it was bad. It made no sense. Like Woody Harrelson bites him like when he visited him in jail like he didn't know he was venom like what why what like none of this makes any sense there was really no rhyme or reason for the movie to exist it really it just made no sense it was terrible it was terrible because i really expected more from everybody in the movie and they just gave me so much less and they're probably going to make a venom 3 and it's going to be just as bad as Venom 1 and 2. And that'll probably be number one on my list again whenever that comes out. But, like, who's going to be in Venom 3? Like, who cares? The post credit scene where he goes to Spider-Man, you know, he, he enters the multiverse. Uh, and then he's in the post credit scene of Spider-Man. And it just didn't make any sense. Like, Tom Hardy's not that cool, guys. Like, he, like Venom's not that cool of, of a character. Um, after the post-credit scenes of Morbius, um, Venom seems like a really cool guy because, like, Morbius and the character that's in the post-credit scene of this movie, um, nah, not it for me. No, they're trying to do this Sinister Sticks thing. Craven is coming out at some point in time, and I don't care to see it. Like, why do we need a Craven movie? Like, what in what world do we need a Craven movie without Spider Man? Like, why is Craven's Last Hunt not the movie coming out instead of an origin story of Craven? He's a game hunter. What? what like, what is this movie going to be? Like, I, I'm intrigued, but at the same time, I don't care. Weird, man. Weird. Uh, so Morbius, it came and went. It wasn't the worst movie ever. It didn't even crack my top ten of worst superhero movies. Because uh, in all in all actuality, it wasn't that terrible of a movie. It just didn't didn't really justify its existence. Uh, and it had Tyrese in it. So what do we have coming up next week? Big week for movies. Me and the little one are going to go watch uh, Sonic 2. Can't wait to see that. That's going to be a really good movie, Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. I'm excited. Can't wait to see it. And then Ambulance comes out as well. So next week is a two-movie week. week. Um, I want to go see both of those movies, one on Thursday, one on Friday. Do a ride home review for both of those movies. Mary, Queen Mary herself, will be in the ride home review for uh, Sonic 2. She'll get to let the world know how great it is or how bad it is. But she loved the first one, and I, I just don't see this one being bad. Um, I, I, I really don't. I, I think they, they figured this out, and you know, and, and they're already teasing a part three because that this one has post credit scenes. Ambulance looks like it's going to be a good movie. I'm really upset El Paso is not playing everything uh, everywhere at the same time. (coughs) 
I was really looking forward to that Michelle Yeoh movie, um, but they're not playing it here for some reason. Uh, so I'm going to check online, see what I can find. Uh, hopefully it'll, it'll stream sooner or later because I've heard nothing but great reviews of it. Um, you know, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it like 98 or something like that. It looks phenomenal. And and it, it was a limited release. I didn't know that. Um, and it did not release here in El Paso. None of the theaters here is playing it. Uh, not, not even any close to me. So that's really disappointing. But next week, you know, got Ambulance, has a Sonic 2. Um, and we're just inching closer to, you know, Doctor Strange. It's going to be a big one. Uh, it's going to be a big one for the podcast. Next in big Marvel movie. Uh, but check out the Moon Knight. That has been uh, first episode pretty fantastic. Uh, and with that being said, I think we're going to close out this podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been a, a really, truly wonderful experience. Um, the podcast is going to keep going. Uh, I'm going to hold off on this YouTube thing because your boy got a job now. I'll be starting in a few weeks, so I'm not going to have all of this free time to, to you know, get everything the way the way it's supposed to be. Uh, but I'm excited. You know, the retired life was really fun. These last few months have been really, really fun just going to the movies. I'm going to still go to the movies uh, as much as I can, but, you know, just trying to trying out this video thing. Yeah, it's a, it's. I don't want it to look bootleg, um, so it, it's a it's a ordeal, and I don't think I have the time for it. So we're going. We're definitely going to continue to pod because I could just you know talk for for an hour or so uh, about what I've seen, and you know the ride home reviews are definitely going to keep coming. I love doing those. Those are always fun. Um, but yeah, that that that'll end it for this week. And next week we got Ambulance and Sonic the Hedgehog. And we'll we'll talk about what we talk about. All right. You guys take it easy. I'll catch y'all next week.